Welcome to Mortgage Markets and More. I'm your host, Peter D'Angelo. I hope you're doing well. We've got a mortgage guideline update. What we're going to go into today are things that have changed recently, and I'll also confirm the way some of these guidelines were originally written, that can impact your qualification as a would-be home buyer or if you're interested in refinancing at all. Before we start, let's first get a lay of the land. We're focusing today on conventional loan guidelines as set forth by the two secondary market investors. Let's explain the difference of those two different concepts. The primary market, you're a home buyer, you're getting a mortgage from me at guaranteed rate, we will be servicing your mortgage application process and then your loan funds at closing. We provide the funding, however, then your mortgage is serviced maybe by guaranteed rate, and we sell off your loan in the secondary market. The secondary market is where we receive money to continue doing lending, and the secondary market is where people can invest. We're going to be looking at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Who are they? Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are government-sponsored enterprises, GSEs. They were put into conservatorship after the 2008 Great Financial Crisis. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were originally privately run companies. Then the government had put them into conservatorship. This means the government does have control. However, they are not existing 100% underneath the government. A government-sponsored enterprise is a quasi-governmental entity that gets established to enhance the flow of credit to specific sectors of the U.S. In this case, we're talking about mortgage financing. The GSEs themselves don't lend the money, but they set forth the guidelines uh, as to how that money can be lent and the different qualification factors. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Federal National Mortgage Association, Freddie Mac, Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation, you may have heard Freddie Mac from that Toby Keith song, but we're going to just look at some guidelines for both of them and compare and contrast. Separate from them, we have the Federal Housing Administration and the Department of Veterans Affairs, FHA and VA, respectively. Those are actually government entities run by the government, funded by the government. We have four guidelines we're going to look at. The first one is going to be related to non-taxable income and I thought the most appropriate example to use is Social Security income. A portion of Social Security is non, non-taxable. We're going to look at this through the lens of Fannie Mae's newest guideline. As of last week, the first week of 2024, Fannie Mae has announced that you can gross up 15% of Social Security income or non-taxable income by 25%. By the numbers, this is what that looks like if you're someone who receives Social Security. Let's say you're getting $2,500 a month for Social Security. 15% of that would be $375. 25% of that would be $93.75, meaning your total qualifying income is $2,593.75. So you have a little bit more money that gets to be included in your qualification, which is great. Freddie Mac, on the other hand, has comparable guidelines, but maybe a little bit more beneficial. Freddie Mac's guideline is based on the amount of Social Security that's tax-exempt. That changes, and that's different for different people based on their financial situations and how they're receiving their Social Security income. But let's just put together an example with the numbers to show you the power of the difference between both of these guidelines. Freddie Mac, let's say... $2,500 a month income, 25% of which is tax exempt. 
for example. That would mean $600 is tax exempt. Grossing that up by 25% is an additional $150, meaning that the total qualifying income there is $2,650. That's how much we can use on your application for qualification. The next one is for those of you interested in buying a new home, but want to maintain the current property you own as a primary residence as an investment property when you move into your new home, whether that's a bigger home or a smaller home. If you're departing your home and you're going to be renting it out, you get the benefit of that rental income. How we document that though is a little different now. If you were to get a conventional loan, Fannie Mae allows you to get a lease, provide us with a copy of a a lease at least one year long, as well as a copy of the paid security deposit for that lease. And then that satisfies our documentation requirements. You're good to go. We get to use the rental income to offset the debt of that property, which if you've gotten a refinance or a mortgage before 2022, when you had super low interest rates, By and large, the way the rental market is right now, rental income can pretty much wipe away the debt of your primary residence. A good amount of people will fall under this uh, type of structure, and now you can purchase your new property, and your current home doesn't have a debt load that's restricting you from a qualification standpoint, which is pretty great. The new guideline came from Freddie Mac on this. Freddie Mac now requires that the first lease payment, the first rental payment that you're going to receive after turning your current primary residence into an investment property, that payment needs to be received prior to your first mortgage payment due date. For example, if you're set to close on March 15th of 2024 and closing happens timely, you won't have a mortgage payment due in April and your first mortgage payment will be due on May 1st. This guideline has the implication that your lease will need to have the first month's rent received prior to May 1st in order for that qualifying income to be considered on your application. So conventional guidelines have a little bit of a difference either way, and there could be some rate implications, you know, on any given day, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, even though they're both conventional, may have different rates. And then the trickle down to other investors that offer these conventional loans could have impact as well. Primary residence cash out refinances. This isn't the fun one, but uh, it's worth noting. If you are interested in a cash out refinance on your primary residence to consolidate debt or take money out for home improvement, you need to have all borrowers on your application currently residing in the property. You cannot have a cosigner that doesn't live in your property assist with your qualification for a cash out refinance on your primary residences moving forward for Freddie Mac. The good news is Fannie Mae doesn't carry this requirement. So conventional financing is still at large attainable, but this is a little bit of a guideline difference. And I think it's important to look at because it's showing us that there's a little bit of tightening happening on the guideline front. Lastly, this is really great news. We have an update for you self-employed borrowers out there. Fannie Mae had the update, but I'm going to explain the Freddie Mac version first. If you were self-employed for five plus years and you own your business 25% or more, Freddie Mac would allow you to only provide one year of tax returns for us to determine your qualifying income if our automated underwriting system gave us the response that said it'd be acceptable. 
The automated underwriting system is what we leverage to submit a borrower's data, and then we get a response to let us know that that borrower's qualification is falling within the proper guidelines for the loan program we've put them with. You could still be self-employed for five or more years, but our underwriting system may not say that we can use one year of tax returns. That's an important distinction. But the fact that it's available is huge. For example, if let's say 2022 was a rough year for your business coming out of the pandemic, but 2023, you're back to, you're back at it now, your business is running like it normally does, we get to use just 2023's filed tax returns and average the income out over 12 months. That with a few other pieces of documentation to verify, that could mean the difference between qualifying and not. Fannie Mae now has adopted this as well. So for conventional financing, if you're a self-employed borrower, you have a little bit of help. If you were interested in getting pre-approved in the past and maybe that didn't work out with this updated guideline could be the perfect time to revisit your qualification and revisit your buying power now that this is something that's in play. That's it for our mortgage guideline updates today. I hope you found this helpful and useful. If you know anyone that could benefit from the information from the show, please feel free to share like, subscribe, reach out to me via email, text, or call. If you have any unique questions that you would like answered or anything you think would be great for the show, if you'd like me to address it directly, I would love your feedback. Here's to hoping you have a great rest of your week, and I'm looking forward to providing a real estate update for you this Friday. Take good care.